Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I've managed to switch the microphone on and that may well be the highlight of the show. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Good to be back with you for this Thursday morning. It's the 29th of December, 2022. We are broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Queensland and SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. one 300 is still the number or you can text 0457 736 Three, six. Good to be back with you after what well, was said in the office. I was out off for 12 weeks now. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. It was only seven. Uh, but good to be back with you again uh, for the end of the year. Two more shows left for the year. Firstly, and mostly importantly, big thank you to Alex Mokchinov over the past six weeks who has filled not just this seat, but he's been working on the breakfast show. He's part of our wonderful World Cup coverage as well. Uh, he did a wonderful job over the past six weeks, so filling in for me. So big thank you to him, and I'm sure you'll hear more from him over the course of 2023. But it is good to be back. I did miss a little bit, didn't I? Uh World Cup, cricket going on. We'll get to the cricket in a second and a lot of other stuff happening as well. But looking forward to the show and to help me get through the first show as well, back from holiday, a big one, Chris Perkins, who I know Alex has been speaking to over the course of the past six or so weeks, will join me in about 10 minutes' time from now. A lot to get through as well in terms of American sports. So we'll have a chat with him. We'll see how his Christmas was as well because I don't think uh, anyone's spoken to him for over a week. So we'll have a chat with him. Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast is getting up nice and early. I sent him a text yesterday afternoon and I said, do you fancy sending your alarm for 20 past five? And remarkably, he said yes. Uh, so he will join me uh, around about 5.30 to look at what has been an interesting three days so far of the Boxing Day test, of course, dominated by David Warner. Alex Carey, of course, yesterday getting his maiden test century as well. So Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast uh, will join me in about half an hour as well. So plenty to get through. I want to hear from you this morning as well. What are you up to? We're sort of in that period of time now where we've got a bit of sport going on, but it's that weird time between Christmas Day and uh, New Year, a lot of people on holidays. But if you are up and uh, awake and wanting to talk sport, you can do so. 0457 736 736, the text number, or you can call me on 1300 01 1170. And that's all before Jimmy Smith and Michael Carianis take you through the breakfast show in about an hour's time and plenty for them to talk about. And a lot of sport happening, not just the cricket, which we'll get stuck into in just a second, but we've also got the summer of tennis beginning today. And a lot of talk already around Nick Kyrgios. I see there's been a lot of advertisements uh, wanting him to do well, of course, and be one of the main features of this year. Well, next year's Australian Open when it gets underway in just over two weeks' time, but he won't be part of this new United Cup. We'll talk about that as well. And on the back of David Water, uh, getting that wonderful 200, and we'll talk more about this with Andrew a bit later on, um, a lot of talk that maybe he was under pressure to keep his spot. I haven't been around all of it, having only just got back from the UK about five or six days ago, but it was a back-to-the-wall innings, maybe a career-defining inning. Some saying maybe it's his best innings of all time. 
So on 0457 736 736 or 1300 no 11170, I want to know your career, a career-defining innings, maybe a career-saving, it doesn't just have to be cricket, a career-saving performance, a back-to-the-wall performance in any sport. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. A career-saving performance in any sport. Back-to-the-wall performances. Can you think of one? Doesn't just have to be cricket. Of course, Steve Waugh probably comes to mind in the Ashes all those years ago. When was it? 2003 against England, hitting his century off that last ball of the day, hitting that ball for four. But career-defining performances, back-to-the-wall performances, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Would love to hear from you over the course of the next hour. Now, Let's get on to the cricket, and as I say, we'll speak more about it with Andrew a bit later on in the show. It was raining yesterday in Melbourne. Surprise, surprise. The other day, Tuesday, it got up to about 37 degrees, and yesterday, uh, rain interrupted the start of play and also the end of play, but Australia is still in a very dominant position. We saw, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Alex Carey hitting his maiden test century, 111 uh, for Alex Carey, and they declared at the end uh, eight for 575. A bit of talk, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this about why it took them so long to declare Australia. Um, and we'll speak to Andrew and ask him that question as well. A lot of people I saw on social media saying maybe once Kerry got that century, they should have declared straight away, but they didn't. It was a first innings lead when they declared of 386. It is now a first innings lead still of 371 with South Africa 1 for 15 when rain did stop play. Cameron Green, who won't be featuring in the Sydney Test next week, he also starred in an unbeaten knock of 51 runs. Um, Pat Cummins, though, as I said, just a few question marks on terms of when he was going to declare. But, yeah, 1 for 15, South Africa are... Uh, stumps on day three after rain did stop play and hopefully the weather uh, is better in Melbourne for day four and day five. We'll just check that for you now, see what the weather forecast is looking like today in Melbourne. It's looking uh, fairly sunny, no rain at all uh, today in Melbourne. So uh, looking at uh, quite cooler day though, top of only about 21 degrees, but most importantly, no rain in Melbourne. So we should get a full day's play in the test and you'll hear that here on SEN. But what have you made of it so far? I saw some comments on social media overnight about they expected South Africa to be a bit of a better opponent. Um, I know the first test was done within two days, which was remarkable to see. I was following that from over in the UK, and I don't remember I don't remember if I've ever seen a test over in two days' time. But uh, this one, gone three days so far, could potentially be done with today, though. As I say, South Africa won for 15, still 371 runs. Behind Your thoughts on it, though, your thoughts on the summer of cricket so far. Did you expect South Africa to be a bit more competitive? And who would you be bringing in for the Sydney Test? We know there's a few injuries in that Australian team. 0457 736 736, or you can call 1300 01 1170. Happy to hear from you this morning. And career-saving performances as well on the back of David Warner's 200 uh, the other day. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. So that will continue this morning. And you'll hear all of that right after breakfast here on SEN Day 4. Can South Africa survive the day or will Australia go 2-0 up in that series uh, with the next test? Of course, the New Year's text uh, starting next week in Sydney. 1-300-01-1170.
0800-01-1170 or 0457-736736. Now, last night, and we'll hear some of the highlights of this in just a second, but the Sydney Sixers are... Convincing win, 34-run upset over the visiting uh, Melbourne Renegades. So a very important win there for the Sydney Sixers in the big, big bash off there. 20 overs, they made 8 449, the Sydney Sixers. Well, the Melbourne Renegades all out off 19 overs of just 100 and, for just 115. Uh, so well done to the Sydney Sixers, an important win there. If you missed any of the action, let's just have a listen to some of the highlights of it now. Yep. Around the wicket, catch it, is the call, and it was. Patterson just hit it hard to the man, Richardson, who was at that short cover position, went straight to him, and it was the end of a disappointing innings for Patterson, who started so brightly and then really struggled to put bat on ball. Sixers lose their first, and they are one for 32. Bowling, Phillippe's going to take him on. Shorter part of the ground, no problem. I don't think it would have been a problem. At the longer part of the ground, we get a great snaffle in the crowd as well. They go up as one, and that is a six. I reckon 17 rows back, Dougie. That's a beauty. Bring it back. Oh, here we go. He'll get another one. Can he get the catch? This time it's a little bit squarer. That one, that's 17 rows up. In the Bill O'Reilly stand, second deck. He's southern. Oh, he played a bad shot, Vince. He played the shot, the cross bat shot, and it wasn't quite short enough. It might have been a little off pace. Our anaconda expert is suggesting just took the top of off. And the bales lit up. That means it's the end of James Vince's innings. 26 off 23. Fourth wicket down is Rogers. Oh, he Ooh. got hold of that Jackson Bird. Hit it into space as well. That's going to get shot. away from Will Sutherland. He's timed it again. Another boundary. To Guptill. Oh, playing a miss. No, he edged it. Heads goes back from Guptill. Snaffled there by Philippi. Dorsius gets his man. It's a great start for the Sixers. Guptill can't believe it. He's still talking to himself. And this is going to be caught. Yeah, lovely pressure. Madison, well shorter ball. Couldn't get over the top of it. Didn't hit it well. Taken by the man at mid-wicket. And the frustrations continue for the Melbourne Renegades. Superb bowling from the Sixers. He's cur- oh, he's bowled him. Momentum changer. Now, Kerr drops down into the most muscular, and why wouldn't he? He's pretty pumped with that. He's a pumped-up sort of cricketer. That's the big one. Marsh, top of off. The bales lit up. Wells clips off his toes. Patterson there to snaffle him. Didn't get going at all, John Wells. We talked him up, and we talked him up. <laughs> Here's Abbott. Oh, That's yes. A, a, a big edge. You heard that. Give it out. The Saints stayed there and replayed the shot. you got to go. Abbott was celebrating as he went past. Fair enough to sixth wicket fall. Six and the Renegades under the pump. Got it again. This time square. This will be a catch for Abbott. Oh, oh what a take. Wow. What a What a catch. Took it, slid along the ground, Superman-like, pointed to the crowd of the member stand, said, don't worry, crew, I've snaffled it. Oh, that was at the stumps again. Oh, taken. Glorious catch. It's the evergreen, Dan. Christian showed great athleticism, leapt high, took the catch two hands too, mind you. And that is the end of the innings. So well done, the Sydney Sixers. Comprehensive against the Melbourne Renegades. Back to the drawing board for the boys from Melbourne. Yeah, the hardest working man in SCN. Jimmy Smith will be back with us in an hour, calling that alongside Doug Bollinger. So good win for the Sydney Sixers. Have you been watching a lot of the Big Bash? We'll talk more about it with Andrew Mensel 
later. I know before I left for the UK, there's a bit of talk about the interest level in the Big Bash, so happy to hear from you on that. 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. And just before a break, the summer of tennis underway today. Of course, we've got a lot of lead-up tournaments coming up to the Australian Open beginning on uh, the 16th of January in a couple of weeks' time. Nick Kyrgios, surprise, surprise, though, has found himself back into the news and he's blindsided tennis officials and teammates by sensationally pulling out of this new United Cup event in Sydney 10 minutes before his scheduled press conference yesterday, uh, before taking to Instagram to show himself basking in the sunshine on Darling Harbour. Uh, so Australian star Alex Dimonor and co-captain Sam Stoser, they were clearly stunned by the Kyrgios bombshell as they were forced to answer questions about his fitness issues only minutes after being told the news themselves. So he is reportedly nursing an ankle injury and he will now rest ahead of the Australian Open, which starts on January 16. But the manner of the way he decided to quit the new team event in Sydney appeared to go down not very well with teammates, particularly after Kyrgios's refusal to represent Australia at the Davis Cup. Uh, your thoughts on all of this? Uh, we're going to hear a lot about Nick Kyrgios, you'd think, over the next three, four weeks, especially getting close to that Australian Open. Look, he may well be injured, who knows, but pulling out 10 minutes before he was supposed to be at this event to kickstart the Australian summer of tennis. A bit dodgy, bit dodgy in my opinion. But your thoughts, 0457, and are you invested in this United Cup? Do you watch any of the tennis, the lead-up tournaments before the Australian Open? I, I think the ATP Cup has been quite a success, but your thoughts on all of that, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Are your career defining performances in sport as well on the back of David Warner this week? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Off and running on this Thursday morning. Good to be back with you. On the other side of this, we're going to have a chat with Chris Perkins. Uh, get all things from America, plus Andrew Mentzel a little later on from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. It's coming up to 14 past five in New South Wales, 14 past four in Queensland. Good to be back. It's Tradies News in a Nutshell. It is good to be back with you. 18 past five, 18 past four in Queensland. 0457 736 736, the text number, open line 1300. 011170, talking about career-defining moments after David Warner's innings. The, uh, the day the cricket... Uh, Total, have you been enjoying it? You've been enjoying the Big Bash and Nick Kyrgios back in the news. 0457, the way he pulled out yesterday off this United Cup. 0457, 736, 736 or 1300, 011170. Going to have a chat with Andrew Mensal in about 10 or so minutes time from now. Get all the lowdown from the first three days of the Boxing Day test. But before that, I have not spoken to this next man on the phone for about seven weeks, I think it is. He ha did have many chats with Alex Molchinov, but he's back on the line now as he is each and every Thursday morning with me, Chris Perkins in the United States of America. Good morning. Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And you are a, either very brave or very confident mm -hmm. because seven weeks off for a radio <laughs> guy? That, that's, a, that's brave, that's, my friend. It's very brave. And knowing how good Alex is at his job as well, uh, I think it was even braver but yeah. somehow I don't I, look between you and me I don't know how I still have a job right now so I, I'm very thankful well yeah yeah and and, and you should be thankful because <laughs> they did welcome you back after after seven weeks off and and you know your seven weeks in mm. in uh, the UK mm. Ireland Europe mm. yeah mm. Uh, fo following your your trek to the 
to the UK, I I gotta say I was jealous. Even yes, I was just back over there in July. Yes, you were. I was only over there for two weeks. Uh, yeah, it was a good. I think we were there for almost six weeks in total. Around, I think it was about six weeks. Yeah, fantastic place. Loved it. We were there. Very very cold. Uh, very cold. I went to the. Um, we'll get to what we're talking about in a second. Um. Went to the Rugby League World Cup final at Old Trafford, which was a great experience. It wasn't that cold at that point in time. It was, you know, normal uh, late autumn, early winter's day in the UK. But we had a cold snap for about two weeks where I think the temperatures didn't feel like more than about minus five, minus four. But see, Chris, I like the cold weather, so I kind of enjoyed that. Now I'm back into 30-degree weather in Sydney and, yeah, not as good. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was a very, very lot of fun. A lot of fun touring around uh, the country. I'm going to speak to John Gallo, my football correspondent, tomorrow on the show. It was very interesting, as I'm sure you can understand, being over there when uh, England were in the World Cup. In particular, actually being in a pub in Glasgow when England were playing the USA. Um, and there were a few English people watching it. And USA, nil-nil, they managed to hold England to a draw. You would have been proud of that performance, uh, what, a month or so ago? Yeah, overall, I was very happy with the mm. U.S.'s performance in the World Cup. I think we're building to 26 when we host it. Yes. I, I think we can be a we could be a dark horse semifinalist in 26 yeah, well, on home soil. It was a very wide, even open competition, wasn't it, the World Cup? And that final, uh, sensational, what, 10 days yes. ago, 10 or, 10 or so days ago now. I've lost track of days. But anyway, we'll talk more about that tomorrow with John. Just before we get to the sport, Chris, uh, your Christmas, was it good? Did you did you have your big Christmas? Did you do the big American Christmas or a quiet one? Did you cook anything? Uh, we, I did cook. We, I had a small one. I've been, you know, dealing with COVID, ah, so yes. I've, you know, been recovering. You and the that. rest of the world, it seems. You know, my, yeah, really. My, my kids came over. Uh, I did cook for them mm. uh, on Christmas Day. Uh, cooked up a, a lovely turducken Ooh. for for uh, the Christmas dinner. Uh, of course, had the the fixings as well: the mashed potatoes, the stuffing. Mm. The, the green bean casserole. It, you know, I, I didn't want to go ridiculous because, you know, there's only five or six of us over here. So, um, you know, uh, but you know, they were, they were well fed and I had promised them a good Christmas dinner uh, because they're, you know, all teenagers in early twenties. So mm. I wanted to make sure they had a nice Christmas dinner and it was a small gathering and we watched football oh, and, nice. and ate. Yes. Yes. The turducken. It's not real. I know people do have it over here, but not really taken off. Uh, as much as it has in America, oh. but maybe maybe you can get a movement in Australia to get the turducken popular next Christmas, Chris. It, it, it is excellent. The chicken stuffed inside a duck, stuffed inside a turkey with the with the stuffing layers of stuffing in there. It, it winds up working out so well. The 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 tastes that merge together with the turducken. Uh, just, just absolutely incredible. I get them. I order order one from a place in uh, New Orleans. They mm. they ship it uh, frozen up to me, and um, tur- just turns out wonderfully. It's the second time I've done that for Christmas, and we'll do it again next year. Making me very hungry at twenty three past five in uh, <laughs> Sydney. All right, let's get on with the sport as much as we could talk food uh, for the next half an hour. What's the latest from Denver? Well, other than the fact that they're an abject disaster this year, it has been a bad year for Denver. Mm. Denver started out, things started out in the offseason so well. They get the Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator from Green Bay. Of course, Denver fans are thinking, ooh, Green Bay offensive coordinator. That means Aaron Rodgers is going to come to Denver because he was on the outs back in the offseason. 
uh, in Green Bay. Looked like he wanted out of there. Uh, turns out he doesn't leave. So Denver goes out. They spend a mint on getting uh, Russell Wilson. They mm. send three players, five draft picks, uh, including uh, the next couple of first-rounders to Seattle to get Russell Wilson and then give him a five-year contract extension worth a quarter billion dollars. And we're thinking Denver is going to be one of the top teams in, in, in a very competitive AFC West. We thought they were going to challenge with uh, Kansas City this year. Uh, not so much. Uh, and they have totally and completely hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. 4-11, lost 51-14 uh, Sunday, Christmas Day, to the L.A. Rams, which was probably the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, had it been a regular game that was just on regionally, you know, maybe, you know, the local markets watching, if it wasn't the national game, maybe Nathaniel Hackett still has a job. But no, this was in the, the late afternoon window on Christmas Day, no other game going on, plus it was on Nickelodeon. And nothing Nickelodeon. says hitting rock bottom. Yeah, the game was on Nickelodeon on on Christmas Day for the kids. Nickelodeon has one NFL game a a year. This was their game. Um, And and nothing says hitting rock bottom worse than Patrick Starr coming off the top rope with shots at your quarterback during the broadcast. I am not kidding you, Patrick Starr was calling a SpongeBob SquarePants game. Uh, he was calling the game. He actually called a little bit of play-by-play, and one of the plays he called was a Russell Wilson interception. Couldn't have timed it any worse. Chris, I'm for, just impressed that for Denver Broncos fans. Just impressed the game was on Nickelodeon. I don't think I've watched Nickelodeon since it was about five years of age. So no, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. One game a week on Nickelodeon. Maybe the NRL could look at doing that next year. I don't know, Easter or something. Yeah, they, they, they do one game a year <clears throat> and they did the Christmas day game, Denver and LA this year. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Denver is looking for a new head coach. Sean Payton's the, is the leading candidate. The problem is Sean Payton's still technically under contract to the new Orleans saints. The saints are going to want draft picks and uh, mm. Denver's first rounders for the next couple of years. They're sitting in Seattle. No use to Denver next year. So I right. uh, don't know the likelihood of Peyton becoming the uh, head coach of the Broncos. Uh, JJ, what ha- is retiring? Yes. Um, announced it yesterday on social media, and it came out of the blue. And it was just a simple little post. He showed a picture of him, his wife, and his baby. Uh, said it was her first home game, and it was his last home. It was his last mm. home game. Uh, of course, the Cardinals, they still have two more uh, games left, but they're both on the road. So, yeah, basically he announced his retirement. Uh, uh, three-time uh, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, had a had a span, in, a four-season span where he accumulated 69 sacks, 2012 to 2015. The next nearest to him had 50 and a half sacks in mm. that same time span. Uh, over 20 sacks in 2012 and 2014. He's the only player with multiple 20-plus sack seasons. Uh, that's just his on-field accomplishments. His off-field stuff, he's just a good guy. You remember back in 2017 when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. He was playing for the Houston Texans at the time. Mm-hmm. He was very out there raising money for hurricane relief. In fact, raised $41 million for Hurricane Harvey relief in Houston. And, yeah. you know, just just proof the guy is a good dude. His charitable foundation, 
uh, gives away lots of money. Um, he, he's just just an incredible guy, and, and you know, unfortunately, thirty three years old, still fairly young, mm. probably still has a lot left in the tank. But he has had injury issues uh, throughout his career. But uh, he's he's decided to hang it up, hang it up. Have no doubt, uh, five years from now. He will be celebrated uh, with a bust in Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All right. And just very quickly, a bit of silliness last night. Uh, yeah, uh, Luka Doncic, you want to talk silly? Mm. How about the first ever 60-point, 20-rebound triple-double last night mm. in NBA history? That's what Luka Doncic did last night. 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. In an overtime victory over the New York Knicks, and you want to add to the silliness, like I said, sixty first sixty twenty triple double, mm. most points ever in a triple double, ties with James Harden. He's only the third guy ever to do a fifty point twenty rebound triple double. The other two happened back in the nineteen sixties. It was Elgin Baylor and Wilt Chamberlain who did it twice back in the 1960s. So we're seeing things that haven't happened in 55, 60 years in the NBA. Plus, the the uh, Mavericks last night in their win, they were nine down with 35 seconds left against the Knicks. First team in at least 20 years to come back from nine points down mm. with 35 seconds left to, to win a basketball game. And they did it against the New York Knicks, who somehow, someway, find new and inventive ways to throw basketball games away. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Good to chat. I want to speak to you next week when we have a bit more time. It's got to get to a break, but about Christmas Day sport, we had our first uh, look at it uh, the other day with the Sydney Kings, which was deemed a success. We may talk about that next week. Chris, thank you. Big weekend yeah. of sport, I'm sure, coming up in the States. Absolutely. College <laughs> football playoff semifinals are Saturday. Full slate of NBA or NFL on Sunday. 14 NFL games on mm-hmm. Sunday. The, the It'll be a football overload this weekend. Happy New Year. Thanks, mate. We'll chat again on Tuesday. Sounds good. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. Chris Perkins in the United States, back with me throughout uh, the next 12 months. Back with me Tuesday and Thursday mornings. 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. On the other side of this, we're going to have a chat with Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. It's spot on 530 in New South Wales, 430 in Queensland. It is, and it's good to be back with you after just a few weeks off. 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. It is time now to talk cricket, and I thought it was very nice of this man to get up nice and early from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast alongside Paul Dennett and Jaleesa Apps. Andrew Mensel is on the line. Morning to you, Andrew. Yeah, good morning, Dan. Uh, how are you? Did you have a good Christmas? Been watching a lot of cricket, I'm sure. Oh, boy, did I watch a lot of cricket, Dan. It was heaven. Boxing Day was filled with cricket and then more Big Bash. (laughs) It was fantastic. Um, Yeah, lots of turkey and lots of cricket. Yes, uh, lots of uh, cricket. Uh, The first test, I was over in the UK. I made mention of it uh, at the top of the show and was only sort of keeping an eye on it. Done within two days. It was very, uh, very surprising. This one has at least lasted three days going into the fourth day. We'll see if it uh, goes the distance. But Australia in a pretty commanding position, leading by 371 runs. South Africa at stumps on day three, one for 15. Just before I get your take on David Warner, your thoughts on the summer of cricket so far? Yeah, it's been a long summer of cricket. Of course, it started with the 
T20 World Cup mm. and then it's flowed into the regular international summer. So it's actually been a lot of action. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the talking points have been around, um, you know, how David Warner would do in this test match and he's, He's answered the critics, but overall, a great summer. Yeah, very good uh, summer. I saw a bit of talk on social media about the fact that people thought South Africa might be a bit more competitive than they have been. Do you buy into mm. that? Yeah, I did. I, I thought they would be comp- more competitive, but I think it was always the fear that their batting lineup would not be strong enough in these conditions. And unfortunately, it's played out that way. Mm. Um, their bowling lineup has been very good and very exciting to watch. So I, I'm not one of those people that wants to complain too much about this series because Australia has lost the last three test series at home to South Africa. Mm. We should be reveling in rubbing their nose in it and winning 3-0. So, yeah, I'm not going to jump on this bandwagon. Oh, the test matches aren't close enough. You know, I'm happy for some close test matches, but not against South Africa after they've beaten us three times. It is interesting with cricket, isn't it, that compared to a lot of other sports, obviously rugby league, our main fellow here at, uh, in Sydney, where your team wins by 40 or 50, you're really happy. But in cricket, you want a competitive match. And I think it's good that Australia's uh, dominating. Uh, speaking of dominating, at least this test match, David Warner finishing exactly uh, 200 runs. A lot of pressure on him heading into this uh, test match. What? How do you rate that innings? Do you rate it? as his best innings ever, potentially? I think it's certainly right up there. He, he played a couple of really good innings early in his career against South Africa in, in some tough conditions over there. But I think if you just take into account the whole context of the pressure on his career, the, the leadership speculation leading into the summer, the fact that you know a lot of people were saying that David Warner should retire after the Sydney test. Mm. And then to come out against a very good attack and play so well for 200 of 255 balls on the Boxing Day test, the biggest stage, his, his 100th test match, it, it surely is his greatest innings. Yeah. Where do you see his career now? Obviously, we picked for that uh Sydney Test, do you see him continuing on? Of course, not just uh, on field. Of course, he's been at war a bit with Cricket Australia as well. Where, where do we see David Warner over the course of the next 12 to 18 months? And let's not forget, he's not getting any younger either. No, no, you're right. And uh, he can't go on forever. But Australia has a very big 12 months of cricket with a lot of significant events ahead of us. Mm. Australia will go to India to play a Test Series. Then we play the World Test Championship in in June at Lords, then we have an Ashes series, mm-hmm. and then we have a 50-over World Cup. My gut feeling is David Warner would like to go through to that 50-over World Cup sort of the end of next year and then pull up stumps leading into next summer, which to me seems like a realistic option. Uh, he has struggled on English wickets in the Ashes, mm. but I see him playing one more year. Yeah, and you think after this innings, he's brought himself at least a bit more at time. Speaking of very good innings, Alex Carey, his first Test century yesterday, did it in style as well. Oh, yeah, that was great. I mean, I have to say, Alex Carey is one of the nicest person I've dealt with in cricket. Just such a lovely guy. So so happy to see him doing well and you know he peeled off his first test entry and uh, it must have been a bit of a relief because he was out in the 90s on the recent tour of Pakistan so he got so close and he, he threw it away with a bit of a, a silly shot so he, he didn't make that mistake yesterday and it was just a beautiful graceful innings and um, you know he had Cameron Green at the other end who was just battling mm. away with a broken finger 
so he had to do all the work and and it was just a, just a lovely century after the the Warner effort the day before uh, so he be, actually becomes the first Australian wicketkeeper to score 100 since the 2013-2014 season when Brad Haddon did it so it's been almost 10 years oh. um yeah so great effort from him We'll talk about the SCG test in a moment. One player that will be out of that is Cameron Green. But yesterday, battle to 50 runs. Um, and as I said, uh, look, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a, I've seen a lot of this test match. I haven't seen a lot of the summer of cricket. But looking at uh, the commentary online and from the experts, he's had one hell of a summer. Yeah, I mean, he actually didn't get much of an opportunity with the bat against mm. the West Indies because the top order did all, all the work and. Yeah, he's really starting to announce himself onto not just um, Australian cricket, but international cricket. Obviously, he just went um, in the IPL for a massive prize of over $3 million. And what we saw yesterday was that little bit of sort of Aussie grit that we love so much in our cricketers. He went out there, not for himself, but for Alex Carey. Mm. He wanted to bat with him and help him get 100. And he did that and, and just tremendous stuff. Um, so he's he's going to miss the SCG test. I don't think we'll see him play a lot of cricket now until the Indian tour. But boy, does he go out in style, taking a five-wicket haul on the first day and then an unbeaten half-century on the third day. Tremendous stuff. What do we reckon the lineup's going to be then? Cameron Green definitely out of that test match. Mitchell Stark in a lot of doubt. Who do you see coming in uh, for those two players? Yeah, it's going to be a really tough one to figure out because I think it depends on the balance of the bowling lineup that they go for. Mm. If they want to play two spinners and two quicks, then they kind of need an all-rounder at six, like Green is bowling some medium pace and batting. So there's a young fellow from Western Australia called Aaron Hardy who bowls quick and bats like Cameron Green. Yes, they've got two of them. I know, scary. (laughs) Um, So maybe they're going to pick him and go for two spinners. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Aaron Hardy's one player. I think Josh Hazelwood is obviously around with the ball. Mm. You've got Lance Morris, uh, the quick bowler from Western Australia. And then there's, you know, a few middle-order batters like Peter Hanscom or, or even Matt Renshaw that they might look to bring in. But I think they'll go for the all-rounder and two spinners. Do you think the test finishes today? I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't, okay. actually. I, the, the MCG pitch has historically in the last couple of years flattened out as the match has gone on and it's been harder to take wickets. So I could actually see a situation where a couple of these South African batters get set and then dig in. Um, The only thing that's going to be different down in Melbourne today is the weather's supposed to be a nice, cool 20 degrees. I mean, this is perfect. If you you want to see South Africa suffer, this is perfect. (laughs) They're bold. You know, for two days in 40-degree heat, now it's our turn to bowl and it's going to be 20 degrees and beautiful conditions. So you never know. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of them gets get in. Having come back from the UK last week, uh, I'd prefer to be in Melbourne with those cooler conditions just for a day. Uh, it's still taking me a while to acclimatise back to this uh, warm weather. Now, uh, just away from the test, a few things to throw at you. What's the latest with the TV deal? There's been a lot of rumours about Channel 9 potentially getting the cricket back. What have you heard? Yes, yeah, so nothing's been confirmed yet, but there was a report actually in the Channel 9 papers mm. by Dan Bredig, and I guess if you're looking at sources, then you know, a Channel 9 paper who might be privy to some discussions might be a good source. He's reporting mm. that the TV deal will stay 
similar to what we have at the moment okay. with some kind of split between Channel 7 mm. and Fox Sports. Now, if, if you think about how bad the relationship between Cricket yeah. Australia and Channel 7 has been, this is a stunning turnaround. Um, Channel 7 uh, have got Cricket Australia in court now asking for money back. So, um, But they've said they'll drop that court action if they get the deal. So nice bit of leverage there. Uh, so it looks like it'll stay the same. Mm. The big news is um, Channel 10 and Paramount have offered allegedly $1.5 billion for the right. Mm. But they're going to be knocked, knocked back. No one wants... Paramount's money, Dan. What's going on? Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, look, we've talked about this in the past, haven't we? The Big Bash when it was on Channel 10 uh, was definitely in its peak years. It was just brilliant. Um, but no, no one seems to want to go to Channel 10. We know the A-League has been on Paramount and there's been a lot of criticism uh, about, not their coverage on screen, but a lot of their sort of behind-the-scenes stuff. So, yeah, no no cricket on Channel 10 Paramount. I have to say, though, I've watched a bit of Channel 7. I've flicked between Fox and Channel 7 over the past few days. And, look, I think the Channel 7 coverage, I think it's very good. I think the commentators are good. Most of them, I, I enjoy the Channel 7 coverage. So I know not everyone does, but I, I don't think a lot of people will be complaining uh, that it's going to stay on Channel 7, if it indeed does. No, I mean, yeah, I sort of bounce between the two mm. uh, coverages. But one thing I think that is good for the fans, mm. and, and look, I'm hoping that some of the cricket that's behind the paywall, like the white ball internationals, yes. gets on Channel 7. So, yeah. you know, if you're at home and you're just an average punter, you can watch all the Aussie cricket. I think that's the way it should be. No Australian game at home should be behind the paywall. But what this does do with the Channel 7 deal is it's consistency. So mm. if they switch networks again, then Cricket Australia has that problem of re-educating the whole public of this is where the cricket is. So mm. um, I think this is a safe deal. Yeah, I agree with you. I think all Australian games, at least at home, should be on free-to-air TV. Now, uh, Todd Greenberg had a bit to say, and I know Jimmy Smith and Michael Karianis will talk more about this after 6am on The Breakfast Show, but he had a bit to say about Christmas Day Big Bash. Now, we saw the Sydney Kings and the basketball uh, play on Christmas Day, and it was deemed a success. Um, your thoughts about a potential Big Bash match on Christmas Day? We've talked about this for a long time. People are surprised it wasn't the Big Bash that did it first. Do you see it happening in the next couple of years after the success of the Sydney Kings the other night? Yeah, now just before I answer that question, Danny, you think Jimmy Smith's going to be on the radio in 15 minutes? Because I was walking out of the SCG <laughs> around 11pm tonight next to Jimmy Smith. Uh, Last yeah, night. No, he's, he's in the office. He's ready and raring to go. That's no, a he's, quick turnaround. It's a very that's, quick that's turnaround. That's a hell of an effort. Hardest working man. He can't man. have had much sleep. No, no, but he, he thrives. He loves it. He, he would be on air 24 hours a day, seven days a week if he could. Uh, big bash on Christmas Day. Yes, sorry. A-plus effort for Jimmy Smith. Yeah, very Look, good. I, I've been a proponent of big bash cricket for a, a number of years now. Astra cricket Australia have missed a massive trick by mm. allowing basketball to get that game away ahead of the Big Bash. This is a major blunder. It's a major blunder by the administrators. It's also the players, um, you know, sticking their, their feet in the sand and saying we're not playing. Mm. So I, I think this is actually a travesty that Cricket Australia weren't able to get a Big Bash away ahead of the NBL. Mm. And I would like to see it happen in the future. Now, I spoke to some players after the some games at the SCG, and they're not 100% keen on it. 
But they also make the point that Christmas Day, they're not really off anyway if it's in the middle of a competition because mm. you might be travelling the next day or the night before. You know, you've got a game. So if they're going to be kind of in game mode anyway, I think they should play like a double header on Christmas Day. Mm. Yeah, I was surprised that the NBL, and good on them, but got ahead of uh, the Big Bash. Um, and I know there's been a bit of strong pushback against moves by the players, as you just said. But I think I think inevitably it's going to happen. Um, and in particular, after what we saw the other night with the Sydney Kings and the success there, yeah, I, I just think it will happen. Um, whether it be next year or the next few years, I'd be surprised if it doesn't happen. Uh, in 60 seconds, the Big Bash so far this year, Sydney Sixers, you mentioned last night, uh, good win against the Melbourne Renegades. You been enjoying it? Yeah, I have been enjoying the Big Bash, but I have to think it's been a, you know, a slow start. And I think, you know, the challenge for the Big Bash this summer mm. is to win the public over. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no real COVID challenges. Everyone can get out there. Mm. They've spent a lot of money to get some big name stars out here. Mm. And I actually think they have to win people over. You know, I don't think people will be jumping to get there straight away, but I'm hoping by the end of the competition, they can sort of bring in the Australian cricketing public. Mm. There's been some great cricket so far, and I hope it continues. And I think that's the struggle they have, and I know we were speaking about this, what, 12 months ago when I was doing some overnight shows. Andrew, great stuff. Uh, When's the next podcast with yourself, Paul, and Jaleesa Apps out? Well, I mean, speaking of Jimmy Smith, he's kind of stolen Jaleesa from the show because she's been doing summer breakfast a lot. Yes, she has. Nights on Channel 10. But hopefully we'll be recording uh, later in the week together. So thank you for having me, Dan. It's always good to talk. No stress. I did catch up with uh, Jaleesa over in the UK and I passed on your best regards, uh, as I'm sure you can believe. So uh, we will chat. You might even come in the studio next week, actually, when the Sydney test is on and join me for the full hour. Looking forward to it, mate. That'd be great. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast alongside Paul Dennett and Jalissa Apps talking all things cricket. Interesting what he had to say there about uh, cricket on Christmas Day, in particular uh, the Big Bash, as I say. I just think it's going to happen. Um, Sydney King's thing was very successful uh, the other night. That will looks like it will continue as well. More discussion on that in Breakfast with Jimmy Smith and Michael Carianis coming up in about 10 minutes' time. 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break, come back and wrap it all up. It is 10 to 6 in New South Wales, 10 to 5 in Queensland. Jimmy Smith and Michael Carianis coming up after 6am. Jimmy finished at the SCG about 11 o'clock last night and he's back in here ready to go. He's very excited. <laughs> what time was it? 10.45. 10.45, okay. Uh, he's very excited to be back here ready for the breakfast show. Uh, tomorrow on the show, John Gallo will join me. We'll talk all things football. Uh, the EPL back underway and the final game of this round, the Boxing Day round, if you want to call it, is on this morning at 7am. Leeds United taking on Man City. So Leech United, Man City at 7am. Jimmy Smith and Michael Carianis will keep you up to date with that one. And John Gallo will review and preview another big weekend in the English Premier League after they had their World Cup break. Thank you to Andrew Mensel for joining me today. Chris Perkins as well from America. Good to be back with you after just a few weeks off. Jimmy Smith, Michael Carianis right across New South Wales and Queensland coming up for breakfast. And I'll catch you back here tomorrow morning from 5am, 4am in Queensland. Have a great Thursday.